Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today we're talking about an epic science fair project. Ooh, like a six-foot-tall baking soda volcano? <laughs> no. We're talking to National Science Fair winner Anna Humphrey on how to search for new planets while you're still in high school. Marshall, do you remember your school science fair? Yeah, I did a psychology experiment on personality where, like, I handed out a survey, processed data, the whole nine yards. I did it on a TI-83. What is that? A calculator. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds a lot more complex and sciencey than mine. I wanted to design a new video game, but I had no idea how to do that. So I just drew pictures of what the levels might look like. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a project. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't win. But when I grew up and somehow became a science journalist, I found out that at the highest levels of science fair competition, students are doing real serious scientific research. And for many, it's a way to follow their passions for science from an early age. So there's no real need to wait until you get your Ph.D., Exactly. And today we're going to talk to the winner of the Regeneron Science Talent Search, a national math and science competition for high school seniors. My name is Anna Humphrey. I'm 18 years old and I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. Anna won a prize of $250,000 for her winning project. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of money and not even just for a high schooler. <laughs> exactly. So, so what was her winning project? She invented a new way to search for places where there might be yet undiscovered planets outside our solar system. I have found that there could be as many as 560 spaces where we could fit another planet. In other words, Anna has pinpointed 560 places in the universe where astronomers could look to find new planets. Wait, okay. How did she get that number? And, you know, first, I just want to know, like, how does a regular high school student become a planetary astronomer who finds 560 planet spaces? (laughs) That's a really good question. Anna's science fair project story starts back here on Earth when she discovered her love for science. It would have been third and fourth grade, I was 10 years old, I learned about this form of coal mining called mountaintop removal. Mountaintop removal? What's that? It's a form of coal mining where they literally blow off the tops of mountains to get to coal. And as little 10-year-old me was absolutely horrified by this. I remember having this moment where I'm like, "This this is terrible. I've got to do something about this. Anna built a website to educate other kids her age about what this kind of coal mining was doing to the environment and what it was doing to the communities around it. I had this passion for making a difference and empowering other students to make a difference as well. And I think that passion is where my love for science eventually grew out of. Her real awakening came a few years later when her seventh grade science teacher taught her the scientific method, the process scientists use to explore and answer questions. And she told us to go out into our communities and find environmental issues ourselves using the scientific method. The whole class did a project that used the scientific method to help restore a local wetland. 
And that was such a transformative and powerful experience. Um, so as a 13-year-old to go through and realize that you do have the power to make an impact in your community, that's huge. Um, and I was completely hooked. <laughs> Science caught her like a fish that has been caught in a newly restored wetland. <laughs> exactly. Anna applied her love for science to her passion for making a difference, kind of marrying them together. I'm sure it was a lovely wedding. <laughs> yeah. And she started a nonprofit called Watershed Warriors, which teaches environmental science to local elementary school kids. We try to connect the science they're learning in class with real environmental issues that they can find in their neighborhood park, in their backyard. That's some deep and meaningful commitment to environmental science. But you said she won the science talent search with a project about exoplanets? Like, how did that happen? I was really puzzled by that, too. And Anna told me she gets asked that a lot. Both of them are about discovery, right? The reason that I've, I'm interested in both is because they both offer an opportunity to really understand our world at, at a much deeper level. So I guess that's really true of anything in science. Yeah, science is basically a tool to understand the world. One of the things that I really like math, right? They essentially allow me to apply math to understand the world around me. Wait, so how did she use math to find planets? Like, don't you need a, I don't know, a big telescope or at least a magnifying glass? <laughs> In some cases, yes. Anna found her inspiration from mathematically inspired astronomers. I read an article um, about researchers at Caltech. They had predicted a planet beyond Pluto, essentially using math. These astronomers had noticed that some objects near the edge of our solar system were behaving kind of weirdly. Their orbits or routes around the sun weren't what the astronomers expected. So they built a mathematical model, a computer simulation based on math equations. One of the only things that could really explain these objects that were moving weirdly would be a really big planet. A planet would have enough gravity to pull on the objects and mess up their orbits. Wait, so you're saying that there's like an invisible planet out there and we can only detect it based on what's happening with the objects around it? Yeah, it's called Planet X and it hasn't been found yet. But earlier astronomers had found Neptune and Pluto using the same method. And that made Anna wonder. You know, if we'd missed planets in our own solar system, was it possible that we were missing planets in other solar systems too? And if we're missing planets in other solar systems, can we use math to find them? And that was like my spark. And I knew I needed to find the answer to that question. <laughs> So there's wanting to know whether there are exoplanets we haven't found yet, and there's actually finding them when you're still a high school student. So how did she think she was going to do that? Well, she knew it wasn't going to be easy. If you're doing science research, the whole point is that you're learning things that people don't know. If you can take a step back, take a deep breath, and be like, okay, it's a little uncomfortable, but think about all the things I'm going to learn during, along the way and when I'm done. It's like Eye of the Tiger, scientific method version. Boom, 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 boom. Hypothesis. <laughs> Anno ended up working on this project for more than three years. She started building her mathematical model with kind of a test run. She wanted to see if she could predict Mars based on the gravity idea that had been used to predict Planet X. 
if we forgot that Mars was there, could we use the behaviors of the other planets to figure out that it was there? Okay, so she'd be building her model based on something we already know is true. Yeah, but there was something that Anna had left out of her model. Something kind of big. One of the things I didn't think about was Jupiter. Yeah, I mean, that's like a big thing to miss. <laughs> As the biggest planet in our solar system, right next to Mars, it would have a huge influence. But Anna was only thinking about Earth, Venus, Mercury. She took her model to be judged at a big science fair. And the first thing nearly every single judge asked me about was how does Jupiter impact your, your data? And I had no idea. To this day, I call it getting Jupitered because I completely didn't think about this big detail. Oh man, that's rough. But I smile and laugh about it now. And, you know, you learn from your mistakes. And now whenever I'm going into a presentation or I'm working on my, on my science fair, I think to myself, how can I make sure that I'm not getting Jupitered? Anna didn't let getting Jupitered stop her. Of course not. I, I changed methods. I realized that that particular method probably wasn't going to work. She decided to use a different data set from the Kepler Space Telescope, which orbited around Earth looking for planets around other stars. It had detected over 2,600 planets. What I'm looking for is, do we have enough space in between planets that we know about to fit another planet? So she was looking for places where another planet might be hiding out, undetected, another planet X. Exactly. Places where there's enough space that planets wouldn't be spotted by their gravity pulling on other objects. Using the Kepler data, Anna found 560 of these spaces. 560 spaces where you could fit another planet? Like, that's a big sock drawer. <laughs> Wait, but did Anna really do all of this on her own? Like, it's still a little unbelievable to me that a high school student could be a self-taught planetary astronomer. Anna did do the work on her own, but she had support to make sure she was on the right track. She's especially fortunate to live near a place where a lot of really good astronomers work. Um, so we have the NASA Goddard Space Flight Center nearby, and I've had a mentor there making sure that, you know, everything checks out. A mentor is someone who can give you advice and check in with how you're doing. So it's not like cheating when you get help from scientists. It's just like being a real scientist. Yeah, science is built on these kinds of collaborations. And so are science fair projects. So I think just... Being able to really experience what it's like for a scientist, it's a lot of hard work, but I'm also really proud that I've developed so much and have learned so much along the way. So it's 100% worth it. I actually talked to Anna before the finals of the science talent search. On March 13th, 2019, it was announced that her project won first place out of 40 finalists and 2,000 contestants. She's also the first Hispanic winner in the past 20 years. Whoa, so she said it was 100% worth it, even before she won? Yeah, and I got the feeling that for Anna, science fairs are a great way to give herself a deadline outside of school and kind of keep checking in with how she was doing. But her real motivation comes from her incredible curiosity. 
I think I'm just, I'm just a really curious person. Like, I think that that's one of the things that is really driven me to do this. Like, I just, I hate having an unanswered question. Like, I want to know the answer. She told me that even when things were hard, she knew she could find a way forward. You've got to be really persistent. You've got to just really keep at it when you're doing science. It's not a straight path, and it's not an easy path. Um, and in fact, it's not a path at all. You, you have to, you're the one, you're building the path as you go. If you keep at it, like it's going to make a little bit more sense and you're going to come up with that next really great idea. You're going to solve that next problem. Anna says there's one thing to starting any kind of science research. Well, I think part of the key is finding something that you love. I love thinking about exoplanets. So we want to know, what do you love to think about? What question do you have to know the answer to? And is there a way that science can help you figure it out? Come up with a list of things that you're really into. Then start learning about one of them if you haven't already. It's pretty likely that you'll come up with questions that books, videos, and even podcasts haven't answered yet. And podcasts know everything. At least we do. (laughs) No, No, we don't. (laughs) Those questions might be the next great science fair project or just your own passion project, which is awesome, too. Because we all know science isn't about winning. It's about discovery. Thanks to Anna Humphrey, winner of the 2018 Regeneron Science Talent Search and high school senior in Alexandria, Virginia. Also thanks to Teresa Bellestri for facilitating our interview. If you want to hear more from Anna, we're posting her interview on our Patreon and CastBox premium podcast feeds. It's just so good, I really wanted to share the whole thing. Pledge on Patreon with patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. We also have more from Anna on our blog at sciencepodcastforkids.com. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this episode. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all of the music. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery.